Hello, this is Haley Nauman, and you're listening to, for the last time in 2020, the Maybe Baby Podcast. Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. Welcome to December. The year is finally almost over. I know that doesn't mean bad things will stop happening, but I would like to just stop complaining about 2020 in general. And so finally we can do that. If you missed my last newsletter, I explained that I'm going to be on vacation for December. So that means that you won't have any Sunday newsletters or podcasts until January 10th when I return. I have some details about what that means for payments and what that means for new signups and stuff like that in my newsletter. So if you are curious about any of that, go check it out. Um, It's probably easier to just read than for me to explain. This is part two of last week's podcast. So I am still talking with Catherine St. Sienna. This time we're exploring a different question from my advice column. Last week we were talking about workism, our relationship with work, and the ideas we've absorbed about it as kids and teens and adults you know, shitty jobs and dream jobs and just in general, the kind of ambient emphasis that we've maybe taken for granted over the course of our lives. But this week, we're talking about a different question. This one is about, quote, good on paper relationships and that moment where you're not sure whether you should stay or go or whether you should get back together or not or whether you're right or wrong for each other, etc. Since per my newsletter on Sunday, I've decided to release all my 2020 podcasts to my free signups. Um, Some of you listening probably don't have access to my advice column, which is for paying subscribers. So I'm going to read the question and answer that is relevant to this conversation so that you can sort of ground what you're about to hear in some context. So here's the question. I'm curious to know your thoughts about whether people in a relationship can just be wrong for each other. How much agency do we have in building a relationship? I've somehow found myself heartbroken and still in love with someone I can't imagine my life without. I'm sure all breakups feel regretful in some ways, but the weight of this one feels uniquely tragic, and that the break was more of a collapse of structure than a decision to part. I'm now left searching for answers. What in the foundation was rotten? Was it intrinsic to me and my partner? Can the will to fix it actually fix it? And here's my answer. This is a great question. I'm so sorry you're heartbroken. I can sense the cognitive dissonance in your writing. Your conflicting perspectives that one, breakups often incite regret, or on an animal level, the desire to turn back time and just make it go away. And two, your regret means something. Like that maybe the breakup was a mistake. This emotional confusion is part of what makes breakups harder than the crying jags and pints of ice cream that popular culture has come to define them by. They're not just painful, they're often disorienting and ambiguous the very qualities we tend to shy away from in everyday life. The question of whether to stay or go is one of the most common I receive. The details tend to be similar. The person's partner is wonderful, but something doesn't always feel right or fulfilling, and this regularly rattles their confidence. There are two schools of thought that dominate this conversation. The first believes that dissatisfaction in good-on-paper relationships is largely the result of societal conditioning that's led people to believe that relationships have to be perfect. This school believes your unhappiness is an internal problem that needs to be addressed, whether in the form of adjusting your expectations or understanding that relationships require work. I think this one is condescending. The second believes that your consistent lack of confidence is telling evidence that you are unfulfilled, and the only reason you're hesitating to leave is because you are afraid of pain, heartbreak, and loneliness. 
This school believes you should overcome your fear, leave your partner, and establish a life that doesn't set off internal alarm bells. I think this one is too simple. I've leaned hard in each of these directions during varying times in my life. The first, when I was in a relationship I didn't want to leave. The second, after I left that relationship and felt so much better. Which is a good reminder that you should take all advice with a grain of salt. We're all self-mythologizing. I think I've nutted out somewhere in between. To put it obviously, I believe different people in different situations need different advice. So more than seeking out universal truths, the question of staying or going is about examining your situation as uniquely yours. Humans, with all their fears and biases and motives, can easily abuse vague, irrelevant advice to convince themselves to do anything, stay anywhere, leave anyone. Better to study the specifics of your personal relationship instead. I've written before about the myth of the right person, but I only call it a myth in the sense that I believe right is subjective, mutable, and in the end, up to you. There are no divine laws about who you should be with, or that we need to be with anyone at all. So I find the right-wrong binary less useful than, say, asking yourself to what extent you and your partner are suited to meet each other's needs. If we think of that measure as a spectrum, I think it's fair to say that some people are more, quote, right for each other than others. But of course, our needs and abilities change over the course of our lives. And if effort is one of the factors we use to measure this, i.e., it's harder or easier for us to get along, that leaves further room for interpretation, since some challenges are more energizing than others, even if they require the same amount of effort. These are some of the reasons that asserting our relationship's rightness ultimately requires personal insight. So to answer your question about whether the will to fix a problem is enough to fix it, I'd say that depends on the extent and quality of the problem, and also what you both want and need. Some issues are more obviously approachable than others, like wishing your partner helped you around the house more versus wishing your partner was more intellectually curious. But I don't think that's necessarily the only measure. There's also the matter of what kinds of challenges fit into your life, or what kind you're more suited to dealing with, or which make you feel a sense of dread. Every relationship has challenges, but part of commitment is committing to weathering those, and part of breaking up is acknowledging that you no longer want to or can. This is where agency comes in, in my opinion. What I find condescending about the first school of thought, that the grass is always greener, is the assumption that people don't know the difference between not wanting problems and wanting different ones. What I will say is that the regret you're feeling right now might mean something, or it might not, but your ability to see your life without this person is likely a result of bias. You can, of course, go on. You just don't want to right now because you're grieving, which is so confusing, and you can't yet know how you will feel long-term, which requires patience, and who feels patience when they're in pain? I tend to think that you should at least give your non-grieving self, the one who made or agreed to this decision, even if they seem alien to you right now, a chance. Perhaps you can adjust your priorities, efforts, or expectations so that what wasn't working before can be mitigated. But you can't change through pure force of will what lights you up, engages you, and energizes you, or anyone else. There are certain parts of people and ourselves we can't change, no matter how much we wish we could. Before diving back into the relationship, I suggest giving yourself some time and space to assess that gap more soberly. Okay, so let's jump back into the conversation. I'm about to pose the question to Catherine and see what her response would be. What were your initial thoughts on whether people in a relationship can be wrong for each other and how much agency we have in basically like making a relationship work? I mean, I think people can be wrong for each other. Just like, I think that is true. There are yeah. some cases where that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do think that there's a lot of people you can be happy with that like that like there actually is a pretty broad swath of the population that you could probably be in a really fulfilling relationship with. Um, and how much agency do we have in building a relationship? It's kind of an interesting question. I don't know if I fully understand that question. I think the idea that like the, the, the reader who wrote in had just gone through a very painful breakup. Right. And if I'm recalling mm-hmm. and like, she basically was like, could, if we tried hard enough, can we make it work? Or is oh. that just like a misguided idea? Like, do we have agency in this? Uh, I see. Yeah. I, I mean, I did think about like what, what constitutes a healthy relationship? Like when, when should you walk away versus when should you stay? And I think there's kind of three questions that you need to be able to say yes to for a relationship to be healthy and like worth kind of mutually pursuing. Mm -hmm. The first is like, do you love them? Yes or no. Do you genuinely want to be with them? And do you see a future with them? And if the answer to those three questions is yes, then great. And then it needs to be yes for them as well. But I think being like, can I change? Like, like you need to really see someone as who they are um, for who they are and, and still be able to, to say yes to those three questions. Like, you need, like, an unqualified yes, right? So it's not like... Yes. I do most of the time want to yeah, be no, with no, them, Yeah, no, no, that's but... a no, then. That's a no. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think, and I think um, you know, it's easy for a lot of people, I think, to be like, well, can I see myself with this person forever? And, like, I don't know if that's really the question. Like, I think the question is, like, those three things, which are very grounded in, like, the present. You know, like, do you love them right now? Do you genuinely want to be with them right now? And can you see a future with them right now? And if the answer is yes, then great. Because you really can't predict the future. Um, you can't. It's impossible. And so I would Humans say that, are really bad at it, too. Yeah, really bad. And don't even try. And I think that um, really the question, if you're interested in, like, a life partnership or marriage, I think is, like, meaning, like, if you want to be with this person forever, um, the real, I think the question is, who do you want to, like, hold hands with as you face the unknown together, basically? I think that's really the question. And then those three things. And, and I think that's, when someone put that to me, I, there was a sense of, like, real immediacy for me in a past relationship that I knew was wrong. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be with this person as I face the unknown. Like, I, so much of that relationship was based in the past. And, I like, had the I'm, same thing. Yeah. And so much of it was based in, like, a in nostalgia yeah and um, like having a shared history and a shared history and I which think is like, so powerful it, it really is powerful and it's really compelling and I think I think women do this a lot not to make I know generalizations are very out of style but like I think um I think like women often grieve relationships before they're over and I think that I spent a lot of time grieving while still in the relationship and then ended mm-hmm. it and actually felt really good after I ended it again going back to the like taking action actually makes you feel really good or like, you know, getting in touch with anger or any sort of like resentment, like will help you. Cause it'll kind of guide you to do the thing that's going to help. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I found myself stage managing this person kind of like wanting to change them. And that's just, at and a waiting point, for change. What's that? Waiting for change. Yeah. Waiting for change is actually better I, than actively trying to me. change the person. Yeah. I was like, well, he'll event, he'll, he'll mature. 
Yeah, he'll change these things I really that are really foundational to his personality that I don't like. It's like, no, <laughs> no he won't. Um, yeah. Or, or, like, another way to put that, though, is also just somebody's, like, personality. It doesn't have to be bad for it not to be, like, exactly your style or taste. Totally, totally. And I think these early 20s relationships, so many of them rest on comfort um, rather than... Not for me. Not for you. Sorry, I just thought, no, I'm sorry. It just, it just, it almost brought, came full circle because you were saying that as you got older, and I agree, like, you get better at saying, like, that's not for me, and that doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean I dislike right. it. It doesn't mean, like, there's not a version of me that would like it a little bit, but, th- but it's not for me generally, and that's fine. And yeah. I think that that applies here too, which is like, yes. this person is wonderful. They will be a wonderful partner to somebody, but it's just not fulfilling my needs. And I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, for me, I couldn't, I could pinpoint some things, which is that like, you know, I had this sort of curiosity about the world or like way of thinking through problems that like, he kind of, you know, my ex, he was totally down to entertain, but he just really couldn't he didn't have an interest in keeping up. He had other interests. Like, yeah, just wasn't... I, I, you're, you are describing the same, I mean, it was the same exact problem for me. Yeah. And I think that there were, you know, and there were certain things about like how outgoing he was in public and like certain things like that, that like, I just kind of on, in my core wished were different and it yeah. wasn't against him. Like he was, he was, he was outgoing among like his really close friends or he was like, he was funny in this other way that I really loved and like you know, he was thought he was super thoughtful about these other things. But like at the end of the day, I kept coming back to these having these waves of doubt because the things I really wanted or felt were really like energizing mix for me as a person just weren't there. And I yeah. couldn't, I almost couldn't see clearly why until I was away from the relationship and away from this really comfortable and deep love that I did feel, but which wasn't gonna be like a long term fulfilling relationship yeah I mean did you feel that that relationship was more comforting or more challenging like did that person yeah yeah so yeah yeah so that same so I would say that what I was trying to get at a second ago was like comfort some really some people really do value that as primary and that's totally okay and like yeah you don't need to but you need to be honest with yourself like are you seeking comfort or are you seeking a challenge and is the reason I'm not saying that that's like a binary choice like there's obviously a ton of gray area there but yeah, like, I feel like I get both from my current relationship oh, of course and you will I think in any healthy relationship there's a balance of both but I think like right. I think often in like early 20s college whatever like there is that shared history there's that nostalgia there's the like mm-hmm. mutual friend groups there's like a lot of comforts there sunk but you, cost too yeah totally sunk cost absolutely I remember thinking I'm like oh, but I'm I'm 25 like <laughs> how I can know. you start anew at 25 <laughs> it's like oh my god girl but yeah I think like that um I also would recommend, if we're doing kind of a short answer to this question, I would recommend reading the book um, How to Be an Adult in Relationships by mm. Dr. David Rico. Terrific book. Um, has I, would un- lo- I feel like you've talked about that before. I, need to I have. That. that book has unpacked a lot for me. I've met him. He, I keep bringing up his podcast. He came on the old podcast. He's a, I went to some talks that he's given about ego, like having a healthy ego. He's a terrific therapist. He has a lot of like really 
he's an, kind of an unbelievable striking writing style. And he basically, he's like, he's like letting go of a relationship. Basically you're, you're making your, the words of an adult are like, you do not meet me at my adult level. Like I don't feel met and that's okay. It doesn't mean that that person is like, you're not saying that they're not, they're inadequate in some way that like they themselves are inadequate. You're, you're simply stating that like, it's not working for you. Like that's okay. Right. And someone else's measures of those, someone else will have different measures. Yeah. I think like the resume virtues are like good on paper. Is it a very funny idea to me? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that. Did you use that term or would you use that to describe your past relationship? Um, No. (laughs) Okay. Cause, cause I use that because I feel like I was really caught on that with my past relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I know people who, I won't name names, but like, you know, I know people who have really sought out potential partners based on those virtues alone. You know, I mean, I think like people like meaning like, oh, like he has a great job. He went to a great school and he's hot and he's tall. That's not (laughs) enough. Wait, just for the record, to to correct the record. Yeah. I do think a lot of people date that way. But for me, go down paper meant almost like relying more on data I could explain like you know, oh, okay I see what we, yeah, yeah, we yeah, get yeah. along really well yeah. we do want to do the same thing on an open Saturday like he really um understands this about me and I understand this about like just like almost like kind of listing it off I was like really obsessed with just like thinking about all the reasons we were really good together and we yeah. were good together for a lot of reasons and I think in an alternative universe we could have been yeah but I was the reason I was so obsessed with those data points that I could list on paper was because they did not account for my actual feelings. Your intangible, yeah, intangible feelings, which is that I simply did not feel right in that relationship anymore. Yeah. Like I just, I couldn't get over that. It just, it didn't match up with the paper, and it drove me fucking insane. And only later did I realize what the reasons were, and I just was too afraid. Yeah, to really see. Them. It's so tough because I also think people walk away from relationships. People are afraid of making a mistake in, like, breaking up, right? I think a lot of the time. It's like, I don't want to be wrong because I I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know if I'm going to find someone, quote-unquote, better. Don't know if I'm going to be alone forever. So, like, I'll take the familiar, which is not totally satisfying, and rather than the ambiguous, like, maybe... um, you need to like, I think that again, this comes back to self-respect. This is like really, I keep saying this, but can I actually read a quote from this yeah. essay? Okay. Please. So I recommend everyone reads this. It's really lovely. Um, she writes, self-respect is something that our grandparents, whether or not they had it, knew all about. They had instilled in them young, a certain discipline, the sense that one lives by doing things one does not particularly want to do, by putting fears and doubts to one side, by weighing immediate comforts against the possibility of larger, even intangible comforts. So I kind of just read that for the last line, which is like the immediate comforts. I think like if you have self-respect, you're willing to put aside your immediate comforts in pursuit of potentially larger, more intangible comforts, which are like, I don't know what this person's the next person's going to look like or be. And I I don't know if I'm going to find them right away. I don't know. But I think, I think I'm going to be happier and more fulfilled. So I'm going to do it. And like that, that comes at a price and like committing to that 
is worth it. And it's really hard to get to that point. And I think that's why I, like many women, many of my friends, to be honest, like have mourned relationships before leaving them because it's like, that's too scary to do when you're 24 years old. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to like ride this out till it's like logical conclusion, which will be painful as hell for both of us. And then I will make that, that final call. Yeah. I mean, for me, I ended up being grateful that I had so much evidence almost where I just became like, okay, at this point, Haley, this is me to myself. I mean, if you're you're making lists, if you're making lists, I mean, oh, I was making lists for years, but like, I can't, I think what gets lost in this story is just like how much I did like being with him. Yeah. And how fondly I still think of us in our relationship. Of course. Maybe even more fondly as time goes on, like... I appreciate it even more. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I think that's nice. I think that's a really lovely thing. It's like, you know, if the wrong person can feel that right, then that's a wonderful, like, it's actually a very hopeful thing. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you can love someone who maybe isn't the right person for you, and they can love you back, and you shared that, and they cared for you, and they were there for you when you needed them, and, like, that's beautiful. And that chapter is over, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good, I think thinking of it in chapters is good too. And like, I mean, to our earlier, I think we were talking about how passion can be developed versus like it being found as if it suddenly strikes you. Yeah. (laughs) Like a light bulb in a TV show, which isn't typically how (laughs) life works. Um, But yeah, I think, I think affection can be developed and, and, and stuff like that. But I think ultimately if, if you think about like, I keep coming back to like what energizes you or like maybe what, um what you really want to spend all your time thinking about in terms of relationship. Like, do you want to keep listing out the things you love about this person to convince yourself to keep staying? Like, that's a really exhausting pattern. And I think that sometimes the fear you're talking about comes from this idea that we have really internalized, which is that the pursuit of, like, a monogamous partner is, like, the ultimate one. Yeah, yeah, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. Totally. Yeah, which is, like, which is maybe another one we need to, like, dismantle. And I think, like, obviously it's easier said than done because we don't have that many, like, how much community or communal structure to sort of support uh, single people, which is, like, part of the reason that I'm so questioning of, like, the institution of marriage. Like, why are so many rights given to people who find a romantic single partner and choose to be monogamous? Like, it feels unfair. And I, I, so I definitely recognize that. But I think that, um... Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's opportunity to free yourself by thinking about how you can build out a community that is really fulfilling, even if you never did find a monogamous partner, you know? Yeah. And, like, th- but if you did, there's plenty, there's so many wonderful people out there, and, like, you know, affection can develop, and there's just, there's so many other ways than feeling like you have to stay with somebody who continually inspires doubt. But, you know, like you said, there's different personalities. So there's other people who maybe they're really, maybe different attachment style. Maybe they're really afraid to commit. And so they leave relationships too early. And like, so again, Mm. different people need different things. And I think what it ultimately comes down to is like really asking yourself those, maybe those three questions you asked or like, what are, what needs, like what needs are at the base of your angst and like, can this person meet them or can something else in your life meet them? For me, like, sure, I could talk you know, existentially with, like, my coworker, but, like, I really wanted that in my relationship. And that's just my personality. And, like, that's... Somebody else might not want the same thing. And so the same advice does not work for everybody. Totally. Yeah, I I think that's very well said. And I I think um, also maybe 
to frame it a slightly different way. And I totally mm-hmm. agree with you thinking about your needs is important, but I also think thinking about their needs, because I think a mm-hmm. relationship is, I would describe it as like a mutual self-giving in a way. Like that's really what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you're supposed oh, yeah. to be thinking about the other person. So also like when I look back on past relationships that were really deeply unfulfilling, they were also deeply unfulfilling for the other person, you know, like ultimately, I think, because oh, yeah. I, I wanted something different and what torture to be with someone who doesn't really accept you as you are. Um, that's horrible. So it's, it's, I know I'm sort of making a like, it's not you, it's me kind of like uh, argument here, but I do think it's really worth putting yourself in that person's shoes and saying like, do they deserve someone different too? If you're constantly trying to find some, and it's so painful and like having been there, I, I really feel for anyone who's in that situation where it's like, it's just such a difficult decision, but, um, I think being really honest with yourself is very important. And I also think therapy, you know, if you have the the means or kind of resources to pursue that can help you be honest with yourself because like therapists are going to ask you questions that you may be very um, good at avoiding in your own life. So like, yeah, that'll make it really clear to you, like whether or not you feel that you should stay or go and People break up and get back together. It happens. It happens. People, you know, people. And also, like, you just no can't right predict. Your, you think you'll be sad forever and you just won't. And, like, I know it's hard to wrap your head around yeah, that, you but you just won't. I think, like, one thing I wanted to add about, like, it being mutual and thinking of the other person, I think a lot of people assume that their partner, if they're the one who's more of a doubter, they assume that their partner will be, like, permanently devastated by the breakup and that, like, they will not, they will all 100% not want it. Yeah. But, like, and and I do think that was the case initially with my ex and I. Um, Like, I was definitely the one who instigated it. But I really saw him blossom, like, after we broke up. And I think that, like, some of the dynamics I was feeling, which is that, like, I was the stronger personality. I was sort of inflicting my my tastes and decisions and stuff. Like, and I think he didn't realize the effect that had on him. I mean, I'm who knows? I'm speaking for him at this point. But, like, yeah, yeah. I think that he really came into his own outside of that, even though maybe he didn't ask for it. And yeah. then, you know, later we got in touch and he was like, thank you for making such a hard decision. Like, I don't think I would have made it, but I think you were right. And, like, yeah. we had this wonderful moment of closure. And I think that people... I think that just it's a good it's a good reminder that sometimes just because the other person doesn't seem like they want to break up might not realize the extent to where, like that the extent to which like your mismatches are affecting them. Yeah. And I think you really see it starkly when you reconnect at some point, like it, it, the, the, yeah. Oh yeah. The differences are when you're together, you're so close, you almost can't see it. And then when you step back and maybe take a few months apart and then maybe get coffee or something like that, the other person presents as like so aggressively kind of the way that you maybe didn't, you know, maybe had some dislike for or whatever, like that, you know, like, and you're like, wow, we really made the right choice, you know, and I'm sure that they're thinking that about you too, in a way, you know, it's like, <laughs> or, or the other way around and like, you take around. a few years apart, they kind of grow up, you know, you think that, you know, if you're in the more controlling type and you think that you're like, you know, you have a codependent relationship where you're sort of like micromanaging yeah. their decisions and you think that's making them more likable to you. Maybe once you realize like a few years apart, 
them getting to kind of blossom on their own, make their own mistakes, fuck up, and they'll kind of come back to a person that you like and respect of their own merit more, then maybe, you know, things can happen. I'm just saying, like, I'm not like, you know, there's so many different ways it could go. And you need to just think, I think, like, trying to predict the future or, like, trying to, hoping that someone will change in a certain way or, like, thinking that they definitely don't want to change isn't always correct. Like, we're just bad at estimating these things to come back to that point. Right. Yeah, and I think, like, maybe final words on this, I would just say, like, look it up in your gut. Because, like, your gut, you know. You know what you're supposed to do. You, you, You do. You know what I mean? Like, I truly think, like, trust your intuition if you have if a stomach ache about this, yeah, you, yeah, like, and like, trust your intuition. I wouldn't even go to people and let maybe close friends talk about, but like, you only you know, only you are going to be living in this relationship. Like, it's the, your friends and your parents and your family or whatever. Like, they're not dating this person. Like, you are the one who's doing it, and you don't need to necessarily explain why. It can just be a feeling that like it's not quite right. And that's totally okay. That is a valid reason. Your family might not understand it until later. My my parents did not understand. Yeah. And then later they were like, okay, I get it. (laughs) Like when they met my my current partner. Totally. And and, and like you're I think again, like yeah, cultivating cultivating your intuition will be a really valuable resource, like just throughout your life. And like the more you can do that, if you can do it in these tough, tough scenarios, it's actually very empowering in a way I hate that word but like it really is you know yeah yeah it's formative it is formative for sure yeah yeah um you don't owe anyone anything hashtag adulting (laughs) (laughs) just just broke up with my long-term boyfriend hashtag adulting (laughs) I don't know I don't know anyone anything (laughs) oh man yeah. Catherine. This is awesome. This has been so fun. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Thank you so much for coming on, Catherine. You're the best. You're really the best. It. it was so nice to see you. Okay. That's a wrap on 2020 for the Maybe Be podcast. I still can't say the name of it. So I feel like that's a good way to end the year, you know? Stagnancy. Very representative. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm really excited to come back next year with some new guests and new ideas and, I don't know, maybe a sense of freshness that my pajamaed self is not currently exuding. I hope you have a nice holiday in whatever way is possible. And thank you one last time for listening. I will see you next year. If you say that you are mine I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go